Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Would you like to contribute to the conversation? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition conversation was in. Jay Talking with Bradley Jay. I listen to morning with the sun up. I'm busy. WBZ News Radio 1030. I tune my radio to AM 1030. The radio's all yours now. I talked to a man whose name is Bradley J. Improved my mind in a wonderful way. I just called in to see what condition conversation was in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, what condition conversation was in. BZ, you're Jay Talker, Bradley Jay here with Live Midnight 25. It's 12.08. And we have with us Sam Lang, who's the CEO and managing partner of Rubino and Lang, LLC, and host of Just Don't Lose the Money, which you can hear, I guess, here, right here, Sunday, 8 p.m. on WBZ. That's, that's where I'm at, not losing the money when... When my money person says, well, what is your, are you risk averse? I say, wicked risk averse. I can live without not getting a whole lot more, but I just couldn't live with losing it. One reason, because I'm kind of old. We'll get into all that. But Sam Lang, thanks for being with us. Yeah, love to be here. It's great. Now, can you tell us what you do over there at Rubino and Lang? What I do. Goodness not gracious. Not just you, but the company. I gotcha. I knew that. Um, you know, we're in the retirement planning business. We're helping people in the greater Boston area, make wise choices. And um, we meet a whole bunch of people, but, you know, not not people from all walks of life and from all ages. I mean, I guess if you want to call what the strike zone is, right, if you want to think about the, the red zone in, in football, we have a retirement red zone, which is like, kind of like the 10 years or so before somebody retires, which now they're thinking about, oh, my goodness, um, I got to worry about this Medicare stuff and do I have enough money? Am I in the right places? You know, how much money am I going to spend in retirement? All those questions that really pop in probably five to 10 years before you retire. And then um, we help a lot of folks that are recently retired and enjoying life. So that's kind of what we do. Okay. So some of the actual things that you do for folks, uh, you talk to them about how to protect their money from nursing home costs and how to control your money from beyond the grave, which we'll talk about. I'm, I'm, I think that's something to think about. Maybe even the financial pros and cons of marriage. Is that something we can talk about? Not so much? Ah, all right. That's that. all right. That, might, that might be another show, right? All right. <laughs> and uh, retirement planning, calculate how much you might need to retire. And this show, this guest segment, unlike most guest segments, will rely pretty heavily on calls from you in specific situations. A lot of times when I have a guest, I don't. But this is kind of what this is about. As you get towards retirement age, you wonder some some very core things like, what is retirement age? Should I retire at all? Can I retire at all? And this is a great opportunity for you to ask the question and get at least an answer to get you started on the road to finding out what that's all about. Long-term long care insurance, 
Uh, and I'm interested in ca catastrophic mistakes people make financially. So before we get going, let's find out a little bit about you. I'm interested that you grew up in Hong Kong until you were nine and you came here. I did, yeah, yeah. So I'm um, the youngest of five kids. My parents were, um, you know, the Depression-era folks, and ed education to them was really, really important. So one at a time, my sisters got to be of college age. They were sent to America to have, you know, a better opportunity. And... Um, between me and my oldest, my younger, closest sibling, uh, there's 14 years. So my sisters, all four of them, they tease me like I'm the mistake, but I like to remind them, no, I'm, I'm actually the bonus. I'm the bonus baby. And so after they went to college, they were all, they, three of the four stayed in America, and my parents decided to retire here. So that's how we came here in 1974, ended up in Burlington, Mass. That's, when, that's where my oldest sister lived, and, um, you know, here I am. So... That's sort of how we got all how we got here. And you have a family, and you like to travel with your family. I do. Where yeah. do you like to go? Uh, wherever they let me. You know, we have a we're very fortunate. We have a house down in Cape Cod, down by Hyannis, uh, right by the harbor, and we've had that for over oh gosh twenty years. So we don't really go whole don't, don't really go anywhere in the summertime. That's our little slice of heaven. Um, but you know, long weekends with the kids. I have four kids. Two are out of college. Two are in college. So. My wife and I have a little bit more freedom to, you know, bop around and go explore. All right. So first question for you is, what would you say is the most common thing people come to you for? The common question, common issue, common problem? The most common question, hands down, do I have enough money to retire? You know, how, how long is my money going to last? Am I going to run out of money? So all those questions that really come into play, especially like when you think about it, um, I'm 54 years old. I am probably, you know, sort of thinking about retirement. Uh, a lot of times people between 55 and 65, they're thinking about those things. And if you go to work every day, you get a paycheck, right? Yeah. You know, every Friday or every other, every other week you get paid. But now all of a sudden you're closer to coming into that red zone and you're saying, geez, you know, that paycheck might stop. So I've done a pretty good job, I think, saving and, and you know, putting 300 bucks every paycheck into my 401k, and it's been doing quite well. But how do I know if it's enough going to support my lifestyle? Okay. Well, you know, what if I live 30 years and beyond retirement? We'll, so we'll get into the calculations yeah. there. Also, there are the non-financial calculations. Do you get into those? Like, do you ask the person, "Are you sure you really want to retire?" Because you know, every day is Saturday, as you mentioned yeah, before, yeah. and you might get bored. And a lot of people have their Self-esteem is wrapped up in their job, and they don't realize that. Exactly, yeah. So we, true. Can, we can talk about some of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's a lifestyle issue too, right? Okay. Yeah. We're talking about retirement. The, the, the most frequent question you get is, how much money do I need to retire? Can I retire now? Et cetera. And that, of course, prompts a bunch of questions for, from you to them. Sure. And yeah. what would some of those questions be? I would say the first thing that we probably, after you know the small talk, we get to know somebody and when we meet somebody for the first time, is really trying to sort of figure out what it is that you're worried about, what some of your goals are. At the end of the day, it's you know how much money you need to spend in retirement. So you'd be amazed if I sit with somebody and I ask them, so you know you want to retire next year? That's great. Um, you're pretty confident you can do it. That's fantastic. So tell me, how much money do you need a month to live on? Do they know that generally when they come to see you, or do they have to calculate it? Yeah, I'd say probably 50, 60% of the time people do know. 
Um, the other 40, 50% of the time, we have to help them a little bit to sort of figure that number out. But Are there things that they they forget in their calculation? Oh, sure. So what are some of the things that should definitely be calculated that you can give give everybody now so they don't miss anything? I mean, if you think about it, if you break down your expenses, there's probably two types. There's your, there's your essential expenses, right? Maybe you have a mortgage. Maybe you have, if you have a house, you have real estate taxes. You have a car. You have car insurance. You have gas. You have electric bill. Those are your essential expenses. And then, as we say in the office, um, every day is a Saturday. You know, if when you're retired, every day is a Saturday. Exactly. Right. So that might mean you spend less money than well, when you're working. Um, actually, contrary. I mean, if you think about it, you go to work every day. If, if which costs me, money. Well, for me, if I go to work, let's say I go to work eight to five, um, it might cost me to get to my office. Uh, let's say if I got my lunch, maybe it'll cost me money to go out to lunch. And then it might cost me gas money to go home. But other than that, I'm in the office, I'm working. But on Saturdays, if I'm with my wife or oh. my kids, I'm spending more money. I'm going here, I'm going there, I'm going to the movies, I'm going to eat, maybe even get brunch on Sundays. So one of the things that I think people sort of don't think more enough of uh, is how much money in their free time they spend, what we call the lifestyle expenses. I see. And then I would say... 70, 80% of the time, a lot of people just forget about two things that we all have. One, income taxes, right? So I'd say 95% of Americans today save money in some type of a retirement program like a 401k plan. Tax deferred. Tax deferred, exactly. So you're deferring those taxes down the road. Which means you got to pay them. Which means when you go to draw the money out, if somebody says, hey, I need $5,000 a month, well, that's $5,000 a month in your pocket. So depending on what tax bracket you're in, you might have to draw out sixty-five, seven thousand. Well, the tax bracket you're in at the, at the point of retirement de- depends on how much what you decide your lifestyle is going exactly, to be. Exactly. Exactly. Like if you decide you want to live like a monk and and withdraw a super low amount, you might be able to keep your tax bill really low. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the other thing I think a lot of times people sort of forget is we all know that word inflation. Right. Right, uh, things cost more. Cup of coffee today, Dunkin' Donuts maybe two bucks. Starbucks is maybe you know three dollars and fifty cents. Ten years from now, it might be seven dollars. Who knows? Do you get granular, granular with them? I mean, do you get really detailed and say what can you cut out, kind of stuff out of your life? Or you don't, uh, you, you don't, don't do we that. We don't really meet people it's like that. It's up to them. It's up to them. You know, we we use some sort of. They they have a good idea. They have a good idea. The people we meet are are you know good business people, good savers. They've accumulated some money. They have a good handle on their finances for the most part. So you don't try to change who they are or what they no, want? No, of course not. Okay. Uh, but once in a while, people do need a little nudge and say, hey, you know what? You, you might need to slow down a little bit. Uh, you're spending a little too much money. You didn't do... You didn't save enough, and you, you're going to run into trouble. So, you know, we do have those conversations. I'm sure you'll ask people what they imagine their retirement lifestyle to be. And a lot of them say traveling. What are, what are some of the other yeah, things they say? You know, a I want to play golf. What do they say? <laughs> like me, I want to play golf, but I still stink. Um, yeah, you know, I want to do more. I want to travel with the family. You know, sometimes we'll meet. You know, the 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 wife might say, you know, I'm perfectly happy staying at home and being there at three o'clock every day to get the grandkids off the school bus. So everybody's different. Sometimes. People want to go to Florida for six months. Sometimes people want to go to Florida for one month just to get out of the snow in February. Okay. So, yeah. So after you've gotten all the information, I mean, what? give me an idea how much someone does need for retirement. Is there, are there, there must be formulas that someone could, listening right now could apply at home. If they went through 
the stuff that we just talked about. Your expenses, how do you, what kind of formula is there sure. to determine how much you will need per annually? And then like there's got to be some sort of actuarial numbers about how long you're expected yeah, to live yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. So there's that. something called the rule of 25, okay? So before I do that, just very quickly to say, to echo what you said, everybody's different. You know, sometimes people want to live like a monk. Other times people want to spend more money. So the easiest way to figure out without all the fancy spreadsheets and, and, and uh, you know, software programs, let's say you need $40,000 a year more to live on. All right, so let's more. say more. Let's say you need. Let's say you said, you know what? I need seventy thousand dollars a year to live on. That's gross money after tax, uh, before taxes. Uh, but I'm going to get thirty thousand dollars a year in Social Security, twenty five hundred bucks a month. Okay. All right. So I need seventy. I know I'm going to get thirty thousand so dollars. Forty more. You need forty more. That's your income gap. So if you know you need forty thousand dollars, there's a rule of thumb out there called the four percent withdrawal rule, withdrawal rate. I don't know if you've heard of it. I have, but you can. I didn't really get it. There was a study when done. I heard of it back in the day, and it was really implemented in the 1990s. And it basically said if you invest your money, you know, let's say 50% in the market, in the stock market, and 50% in something safe, you have a 90% chance, 90% probability of success that your money will last in retirement for more than 30 years if you stay within drawing down 4% of what you start with. So rough numbers, let's say you have a million dollars. You mean 4% of your principal? 4% of your principal, right? So if you annually. Start with a, annually, yeah. If you have a million dollars, 4% means you, you need to, you, you would draw out 40 grand. So let's say you know that's, that's what you need. You need, your shortfall is $40,000. The rule of 25 is actually just reverse of the 4% rule. So uh, four, if you need $40,000 a year, 25 times that is a million dollars. Oh, okay. Okay, so if you have a million dollars and you take out 4%, there's that $40,000 that you need. Okay. So if somebody came to me and said, hey, you know what? Um, how much money do I need to live on? And we didn't have any calculators, any software programs, and they told me they needed, let's say, $40,000 more a year, I can quickly do in my head to say, when you retire, you'll need about a million bucks. So that has to be based on... The actuarial feeling that somebody's going to live 25 years in, in retirement. And I think that's a pretty fair bet today with, you know, modern medicine and technology and uh, just, you know, longevity is just longer and longer. So are those numbers pretty average? I know there's no such thing as an average, but <laughs> are they average? Well, you're going to ask me anyways. <laughs> are they average? <laughs> People can expect generally about 30K from Social Security a year, and generally people tend to say about 70, so they generally need 40, so they generally need a million? Well, I mean, I a guess- A million bucks. A million bucks today is not what it used to be. Let's, no. let's put it that way, right? Right. Um, Social Security really all depends on you know what you did for work. Maybe you're a teacher and you're not, you don't even qualify for Social Security. Right. Um, if you have all the quarters in and you worked a, you know, you had a decent paying job, you can probably max out today at Social Security if you waited till age 70, and you'll probably get close to about $3,200 a month. Um, at 62 is when you qualify to start taking Social Security out. But if you start at 62, it's actually a reduction in right. what your full retirement age benefit is, right. which is somewhere around 66 and change. Plus, if you take it out when you're still working and you're in a higher tax bracket, then that kills what you get in Social Security even more, right? Yeah, Social Security 
benefits when they designed it back in 1940 were always designed to be income tax free. Uh huh. But from the last, because of you know our economy, because of the national deficit, they got to sort of cut somewhere, cut the fat somewhere, and find something. So they tax your Social Security. Um, there's something called the. I don't want to get too too technical, but there's something called the provisional income, which essentially is your adjusted gross income. Yeah. Plus any tax free interests, plus half of your Social Security benefit. And if I'm losing you right now. No, I mean yes and no. So let's say you, let's say your adjusted gross income is let's just call it forty thousand dollars. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you have a part time job. Maybe you have a pension. Uh, let's say you have no tax free interests, but you're eligible to take. $30,000 a year in Social Security. So half of that would be fifteen grand. So you take the forty, which is just the gross income, plus 15000 half of your Social Security. Your income, your provisional income, is $55,000. Huh. Yeah, so. And if that's the case, then 85% of that $30,000 Social Security benefit would now be taxable. Yeah. You're still going to get the same thirty grand, but you'll have to pay some of it. Some of it will be taxed. That's all. Okay. Hey, folks, by the way, I haven't offered uh, my number, the number to call, 617-254-1030. We can, we can do that now, 617-254-1030. Now that you kind of understand where we're at, what's your situation? Uh, we, have, we have a gentleman here who can very likely give you some direction. By the way, it's Sam Lang, CEO and managing partner of Rubino and Lang. And you can listen to the, uh, well, he's the host of Just Don't Lose the Money that's why his voice is familiar. It's it's funny. You're like a rock. You're a star. I I can recognize your voice only in my own mind. That's at eight p.m. <laughs> on WBZ, Boston's news radio. I I've I've heard it many many a time because I would come in on Sunday nights before my show. Yeah, and I would hear it. Uh, we have three more minutes. Anything more about deciding on retirement? Any other retirement decisions? Factor to things to factor in. When it comes to retirement, um, you know, so a lot of times people are just, they've had it with their work. I just met somebody the other day, and they're 59 years old. They said, you know, I just got a new boss. I don't like going to work anymore. When can I retire? Yeah. Do I have enough money? And even if they do, one of the things that people need to be very careful of is healthcare. Yeah. Right? Because Blue Cross Blue Shield, HMO Blue, you know, Harvard Pilgrim, I don't care what you have, it's very expensive. Also, people might think, oh, Medicare will take care of me. Medicare, folks, is no gem of a thing. Overall, it only covers about, at least when I, t I talked to the Medicare people, about half of your expenses. Yeah, you don't it qualify until you're 65. So that person I just talked about, 59, if he retired next year at 60, he has to figure out what he's going to do for health insurance for five years. Yeah. And if he has the private pay, you know, even a single individual, it's probably close to 1000 bucks a month. It's a lot of money. Wow. Yeah. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wow. That's a thousand bucks a month for, that's a, a lot. Yeah, good plan, sure. Even a lousy plan would probably cost you six, seven hundred dollars a month. Man. Yeah, it's crazy. All right, 617-254-1030. It's WBZ. We're going to ask. Next, I'd like to find out about protecting your assets from the nursing home, stuff you can do. You hear about it all the time. 
We're going to get some actual answers on that, if that's okay. Sure. On, on WBZ. And then we will talk about how to control your money from beyond the grave. And I want to explain a little bit about what that means. Say you have a will that um, say either you're married or you have a will or both. That's a straightforward thing where your money goes to whoever you say it's going to go to or your spouse. But there are ways to have more control over it. For example, what if you loved your wife, you wanted her to get all your money, but you didn't want any new husband to get any of it? Because if the, if the new husband had access to some of that money, maybe his not-so-cool ex-wife might also have access to it. And you want to... You don't want your money going to some new husband's ex-wife. So how do you prevent that kind of thing? I bet you didn't think of that, folks, did you? Well, I did. And I just found out that you, plural, I guess, wrote a book on this very subject. No Blood, No Money? No Blood, No Money. Yeah, we uh, wrote that book almost 15 years ago. My ex-partner, Rich Rubino, who lives locally, he's retired now, but his mom... Uh, sort of helped us with that. Very big Italian family and, and had a lot of relatives and sort of he's seen some, you know, not so great things happen, divorces and there goes half your money, that type of thing. So his, his mother came out with a phrase that basically said, hey, look, you'll get the money, but only my bloodline. So no blood, no money. Um, it's, an, it's, a, it's, it's really a great read to show you how you can actually leave a legacy to people you love and care for, but, you know, do it in the right and responsible way. Making have, sure that people like ex-wives and people you don't like or don't want to get any money don't. Yeah, pretty simple. All right, let's talk about how it works. Um, so let's say you have a son or daughter that's been you know, married and divorced two or three times and you sort of see a pattern. You want to obviously leave them their rightful share, but leave it to them maybe in a trust rather than outright because that way if you leave it to them outright and let's say they for the third time or the fourth time they don't get that marriage right you know there goes half the money so if you leave it to them in a trust maybe one of your other children uh, maybe it's the it's the daughter maybe the sister becomes the trustee and can give that person their money when they need it but if they were to get divorced obviously that money's not going to go to the ex-husband right um can you stipulate a trust that pays X amount, but if they they remarry, then that stops? Sure. You can do whatever you, you want. You can do whatever you it's want. It's your money. That trust, there's no sort of, you know, general trust. I mean, there are, but the trust is really customized for that particular so, situation, anything that you that can individual. think of doing, you probably can be done, codified, legal, and a lot of stuff that you didn't think could be done can be done. So yeah. you, you should talk to a guy like Sam Lang, who knows all the things that can be done, and just tell him your sort of wildest concerns. Like, gee, there, there was one situation you talked about where, I hope it's okay to share on the air, there was a family, guy wanted to leave equal amounts to the kids, but had concern about one kid, it was, he was bad with money. And I guess you can customize it to the point where you leave trust with certain rules for one person and different rules for another person and yeah. another person. Yeah, all the time. And, 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 you know, it's life, right? Not every, Not every family's picture perfect. No. So Some the, bad apples. 
or not, some you know, there was some bad apples, some irresponsible apples. Yeah, in this case, it wasn't a bad apple; it was an irresponsible apple. Yeah, and nice people, but we were talking, you know, sizable amounts of money. So leaving ten thousand dollars to a person that can't handle money is one thing. Leaving a million dollars to somebody that can't handle money is an entirely different right. thing, right? So, so what did they do? So there was four kids. Uh, there was about four million dollars involved. Each person, each family unit was going to get a million dollars. Um, three of them, fine, good jobs, you know, stable marriages, responsible, wouldn't blow it in a day. They had one child that was a he, and, you know, he just wasn't good with money. He was, he was irresponsible. Irresponsible was probably a, a loose word for him. But he, he would just blow it. So the father said to me, look, if, if I gave little Johnny a million dollars, it would literally be gone in six months. So what can I do? And he didn't want to put the pressure on his other children to say no to John Jr. Hey, you know, you he didn't want them doling it out. Well, that would that was initially the thought, but John, little Johnny, would have put pressure on his brother. Say, well, what do you mean? Yeah, I can't get the money. Just give it to me. So he didn't want to, he didn't want that to happen. Yeah. So he, he yeah, uh, the million dollars we it was the trust was set up so he would get ten percent right up front. So he got a little taste yeah. to get, you know maybe go buy the sports car or whatever the case was, and then took the other $900,000, which is 90% of the money, and put it inside a lifetime annuity that essentially just created a pension for him. Rather than give him nine hundred grand at once, it gave him like $40,000 a year for the rest of his life. So it would help him with his expenses and pay his bills. And maybe if he wasn't, uh, it got laid off and didn't have a job, he'd still have some income coming in. Can you make people jump through hoops, do stuff you know, that you want, like... I will give him uh, the money if he gets married, or I will give him the money if he he walks across the United States. You can do whatever you want, right? <laughs> I guess you could. Uh, we haven't cro- we haven't run across. You that. haven't at all. No, no. But just like I think the most common thing is, I'll uh, give him the money if he eats one hundred and four goldfish, <laughs> or or fifty five hot dogs. Right? Yeah, something like yeah. that. You could do that. I guess that would you be could. legal, right? Uh, yeah. Would they, could they challenge that as insane or not? Uh, again, I haven't done it, haven't seen it, so... I'm surprised. Yeah, just haven't come across that situation. All right. I'm boring, you know? No, no. Now we've given people ideas. <laughs> they can give their money kids, but with stipulations, all kinds of weird stipulations. Can you talk about the the difference between you, an irrevocable trust, and is there such a thing as a revocable trust? Yeah, irrevocable... Revocable. What's the the pros and cons of the two? They do do they do similar, but yet very different things. Revocable means you can revoke it. You can change your mind. Um, it does a whole lot of things. It avoids. Why wouldn't pro- you always have a revocable trust? Why would you ever have one that you couldn't change? There must be some advantages to the irrevo- irrevocable. Um, in, in a couple instances, one probably the most common would be nursing home planning. So people come to our office, we take care of the money, we help them plan for retirement, and then one of the things they might say, hey, you know what, I'm I'm worried about losing my house. I've seen it happen to my sister, that type of thing. Yeah. So we'll introduce them to, we have a few attorneys that work with us here in the in our office, and one of the things that they'll probably suggest to this person is take your house and put it inside an irrevocable trust rather than a revocable trust. Right. Because there's something called a five-year look back, and you can reach, you can get at it. I don't want to sort of get too too detailed well no it, the, the five-year look back is really important 
Yeah, it is important. But if you have a if you have your home in a revocable trust, and let's pretend that's all you had, and you're the single person, and you end up in a nursing home, you're thinking, wow, it's my trust. You know, it's fine. It's going to go to my yeah. best friend. If it's revocable, um, Mass Health can make you take it out, okay. sell it, and spend it down or put yeah. an attachment on it. So, is this, is the five year look back? Uh, nullified in, in irrevocable trust or is it yeah that's so a five-year look back essentially only comes into play when you're talking about one it, or two things either you gave something away yeah which is kind of like i made a gift so the five-year look back was designed so you couldn't give away all your assets the week before you went to the nursing home yeah so they said hey look it's fine you can give away your stuff but we're going to look back five years what about it, the irrevocable trust same idea if you so if, you can't do that last minute either correct if you, if you set up an irrevocable trust, you essentially gave your house away to the trust. It's yeah. irrevocable. So it's kind of like just giving it to somebody. So they can take your house away and, uh, to, to pay for the nursing home? As scary as that sounds, yes. They don't just take your house away. They can come back and recapture, put a, put a lien on it. So let's say, again, use the same example. I'm a single person. I have no other assets except for a $400,000 home that's fully paid for. Yeah. I go into the nursing home. Medicaid comes in and, and, and pays the bill, but they're going to keep a running tally. And, yeah. and if they paid $100,000 on my behalf because I was in the nursing home for 10 months, they'll come back and get make whoever's going to sell the house, sell it, and they get the first $100,000 back. So they can't kick you out, but when no. it comes time to sell, whoever was – the state doesn't get it. That's exactly Medicaid right. gets it. Yeah. And, and if you wait till the – Last minute, there's no way to protect, no way to prevent that at all. Any any way to prevent that? If you wait to the last minute, it is very, very difficult. That's why people, if you listen to elder law attorneys speak or maybe- Yeah, they say- come, There's something called a pre-plan, yeah. which is you want to pre-plan the, the, that situation. You can't do it at the last minute. There are some things that you can do, but it's not nearly as good. What as can you do? Very, it depends. If you Literally, if it's the week before, there's not much you can do. Well, there's nothing? Mm, nothing. Nothing. So in order to maximize that, you, you should do it five years before you expect to maybe have to be. Well, I, I don't think anybody wants to go into the nursing home. No, but you know? five years out, you had better, if you want to maximize the protection, you better be doing it by five years out. Is that we have a lot of clients come and say, hey, you know what? Now I get the money to stuff taken care of. I know I'm not going to run out of money. I, I can pay my bills. Next question generally is, well, when's a good time to protect my assets? Yeah, and what we normally would say is probably you know if you are in your early seventies, now you sort of have five or six or ten years of retirement under your belt. You kind of know what's going on. You know, you've had a you know good shot at it. You've had some practice. Your kids are, are grown. Yeah, um, they're adults. That you know, if they're in a good marriage, you you can see that. If they're in a dangerous marriage or or, or, or a uh, volatile marriage, you can see that. Yeah. So planning is much more clear. So if you're in your 70s, you know, it sort of becomes much more clear. Yeah. So that's a good time to plan because usually if people are going to get sick and go into a nursing home, it doesn't happen to probably in your 80s. Oh, well, you know? okay. I mean, certainly there's plenty of people that have gone into nursing homes, you know, prior to being 80. But So with a revoc revocable trust, that's no good because Medicaid can say, you can revoke it. We have Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No Forcing you to revoke it, and when we do, then. Yeah, revocable trust you're is, on the hook. is never designed to protect your assets if you go into a nursing Irrevocable. Basically, basically, if you're the people you owe money to, if you can get, if you have access to the money, they have access That's to the exactly money. That's exactly right, yeah. A revocable trust was really designed to keep things private and avoid probate and keep it simple. Oh, yeah, let's, let's get into that. But let me finish up on irrevocable. The question is, any downside to that? Uh, what happens if you you put a trust in some you can't change your mind kid's name and they turn out to be a bad apple? Can they kick you out? Say you know what, trust is in my name and I don't like you anymore. I'm kicking you out. Yeah, if you don't reserve a life estate, yeah, they can. Oh, we have and, to talk about what a life estate is too. So let's talk about what a life estate is now. Actually, after this break, okay, it's about two minutes. Life estate is next. All this stuff, it'll take, folks. Five times of hearing all this stuff before it gets clear in your head. Just like Medicare, signing up for Medicare. What a labyrinth, what a pain that is. You have to go over it again and again. I imagine this is this is kind of the same thing. So Sam is on WBZ at 8 p.m. each Sunday night talking about this exact stuff, correct? We are, yeah. Okay, and that's a good way to hear it over and over again so you really kind of understand it. And when you understand this this kind of thing, it becomes less stressful. It's good to be proactive, I've found, and not hide from stuff like figuring out Medicare. It's really good to figure it out and be proactive. By the way, when it comes to Medicare, you can get this booklet from the government called Medicare and You. I recommend you get it and read it cover to cover, even though you won't absorb it all. At least you know what you don't know. Anyway, back to Sam. Now, we were talking about a life, what was it? A life estate. Life estate, yeah. It's just a, it's a term. It's essentially a different type of a deed that gives that person that just essentially donated the, the, the house into the trust. So you were saying earlier, yeah. if the trustee is, let's say, your son and you're, you have fallen out with your son, can he throw you out of the house? And the answer is yes, unless you have a life estate, okay. which basically says you have the right to live there for the remainder of your life. That's why it's called a life estate. Yep. So, you know, you guys could have a disagreement. You might, he might not see eye to eye, but he can't, quote unquote, throw you out of the house. So it's very important to consider that. Again, I'm not an attorney, but um, because my partner was, and so I little, you know, so much knowledge is a little dangerous thing, as they yeah. say. Um, but get good advice from a qualified attorney to help you with that. You know, what about this? What if you had a uh, irrevocable trust with a life estate thing and that it turns out that, that maybe it was your only child, so you made them in charge of your health care? Isn't there incentive to pull the plug on your health care if that person is the beneficiary of an irrevocable trust and there's a life estate? Don't I, you... I mean, I mean, I guess you could look at it that way. But, you know, when we sit with somebody and they say, well, you know, who should I name as my trustee? Who should I name as my health care agent? Who should I name as my power of attorney agent? Well, obviously, somebody that you trust. Somebody that you trust. Yeah. Should but, it know, be I, the same thing? Because you kind of, in, in some cases, if they're doing everything, there's a conflict of interest. Um, and you'd think 
You'd like to think that a kid would never do that to the parent, but they do. People do that all Listen, the time. Bad things happen to good people all the time. All the time. So yeah. Now, what was the thing you told me to ask about just a moment ago? So I think. Oh well, yeah, long-term insurance and how that is an uh, an alternative. Well, long-term care insurance is just another form of insurance. You buy car insurance. Mm-hmm. If you if you smash up your car, car insurance pays for it. So a lot of times, people when they talk about long-term care or asset protection, the first thing that comes to mind is, well, you know, I don't like long-term care insurance or I can't afford it or I looked into it as too expensive and I kind of agree with all those things. You know, it's, it's, it's not a few hundred dollars, but uh, on average, if you're in your 60s and you've looked into long-term care insurance, you'll know that your annual premium is probably between three to five thousand dollars a year. What? Right? It's a lot of money. Yeah. So if you do the math, let's say you live, let's say it's five thousand dollars a year, and you live twenty years, you've paid a hundred thousand dollars into an insurance company. Yeah. And nobody, at least that that I've ever met, that says, "Geez, you know, I've paid so much money for long-term care, I I can't wait to go into a nursing home." Yeah. You know, nobody ever says that. So people ask us all the time. Um, you know, what was anything, anything else I can do? And in the, I would say in the last 20 years, um, one insurance type of insurance has gotten a lot of traction and a lot more popular is you can buy a life insurance policy. So you might spend a little bit more money, but a life insurance policy pays when you die. And we all, someday we're all going to die. But certain types of these uh, life insurance policies have something called living benefits, that essentially allows you to use, before you die, some of that life insurance death benefit for things like home health care and long-term care. So as an example, if you bought a half a million dollar life insurance policy mm. and you died and you left your that money to your wife, she's going to get a half a million dollars. Mm. But if you have that same policy that allows you to take some of that half a million dollars before you die to pay for home health care, nursing home care, whatever the case may be, and let's say it costs uh, $10,000 a month and you lived 20 months and then you died. So then you've drawn down $200,000. So you didn't use your savings. You didn't have to worry about borrowing the money. You didn't have to worry about losing the house. You had a $500,000 life insurance policy that just advanced you the two hundred grand. Yeah, and then when you die, your wife gets the remaining balance, in this case, $300,000. It seems too good to be true. It seems like... A free lunch in there somewhere. No, because you're paying for the life insurance and the insurance. So company, the, I guess the the trick there is that is going to be very expensive. It's 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 more expensive than traditional long term care insurance. Yes, but you know if you think about it, um, it when you said it's too good to be true, the insurance company's on the hook to pay that person five hundred thousand dollars. They just giving it to. They're not giving them more. They're just giving it to them a little. Do bit people do advanced. that? They just get the insurance and immediately start taking money from the the eventual benefit. Um, no, it wouldn't happen to take immediately because that means they were sick enough yeah. to, to qualify for it, which means they never would have been approved for the life okay. insurance to begin with. All right. You know, I have a, qu- a question from a musician, good friend of the show, and you may have met him. He's, he's a Boston musician. Is Bill Winokur? You ever met or heard of Bill Winokur? Sure. Okay. That must be why you're calling, because you must. Yeah, that that is why I'm calling. Hey, you, go. you know everybody, hey, Sam. Sam, it's great great to hear your voice on the radio. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing well, very well. Uh, Bradley, I want you to know you've got a good man in there. Okay, good. And uh, how can uh, you, what is your proof of that? How do you know? 
Well, the the proof is that Sam uh, manages our money for us, uh, Bo's and mine, Ooh. and my mother's. My mother's too. <laughs> good. How is Annette? Good. Uh, Annette is great. Terrific. She's really good. Yep, we're going to come and see you one of these days. It's, it's crazy. I sent you an email today. Did you get it? Uh, Bo must have gotten okay. it. I, I, I didn't uh, hear about that. But Bo and Bill um, Winokur are the Winokur brothers, and they uh, and we've had them on as a guest, and they have a long and storied history with their, their musicianship in town and, and around the world, and they perform over at Brothers on Harvard Ave. And I don't know if you've seen them, Sam, but you should go over and see them. Absolutely, yeah. Anything else, yeah, that- Bill? Uh, no, that's it. I just wanted to put in a good word uh, and a great show tonight. little endorsement from the Winokur brothers. This wasn't planned. It's that's a pleasure. Big, that's yeah. big, big, big. Big stuff. No, was a, this was quite a surprise to uh, <laughs> find Sam on your show tonight. How did you run across them? The, the Them meaning the company, Sam's company. Uh, uh, well, I've been listening to Sam for years on the radio, and he actually came over the house here. I asked him if he'd come over. He doesn't really do that, but... I remember that you know, call, Bill. That was like, what, four yeah. or five years ago? That's you're, right. You're like, what do you mean you don't make house calls? You got to make one for me. And we, we, uh, did I you say know, that? You know, Sam, people go to see Sam, but we got Sam to come to Brookline, Bradley, and we sat around and we decided that- How'd you get him to do that? Because you're famous or, or because you're nice or- you put or, me in a headlock. Or what? what did, I didn't have a choice. What kind of leverage did you have that got him to do that? <laughs> I, I have no idea, but I said, Sam, you need to come and see us. And he did. Did you say, Sam, we have a lot of money, you need to come and see us? No, I didn't say that at all. <laughs> no. You just uh, were forceful. I, 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 you were forceful. Uh, no, I, I, he, I think he, he, he liked the sound of my voice, I guess. <laughs> uh, cool. All right, but, uh, Bill, well, thank you. And uh, Well, this was a nice surprise, Bill. Say hi to Bo. I, I sure will, and we'll see you soon. Hey, Bill, before you go, you should, you should call the booker, or we should reach out and get you back on here in, I don't know, a couple months maybe. Yeah, that would be great. Because you uh, have more stories. Just remember the stories you already told, so you don't uh, tell sure, those again. We, I remember. We got thousands of stories, Bradley. We can talk for years. Some more stories. All right, Bill, thanks. Always good to hear from you. Uh, all right, Sam, take care. Yeah, you take care as well. Say hi to everybody. So you know Bo and Bill I and do. the mom. And the mom, yeah. You ever hear him play? Absolutely. Where do you hear him play? So uh, that jazz place in um, right off the Mass Pike there on Soldiers Field Road. Oh, uh, in the hotel? In the hotel. It's not there anymore, I think. Right. We I, actually, they, they I can't, did. I can't remember the I can't name. can't remember of it. the name of it either. Sure. Can't remember the name. It's all right. We're almost yeah. out of time. Okay. So we, we covered a lot. We didn't cover everything. Maybe you'll have to come back. And now that you know what we do here, we can fine-tune it all and... Be of even more help. Love to come back. Is there, what did I not cover here so far already? What Are you we... trying to get me to stay? No, no. Because <laughs> I have, I do happen to have two more guests tonight. But I feel, well, I have my little notes here. To do, um, oh, yeah, quickly. Probate is a pain. How do you avoid probate? That's so, what I, You die, you, you would think your stuff would just go to whoever you willed it to, but it doesn't. Easiest thing to do is ch- check your beneficiary designations on your IRAs, your annuities, yeah. your life insurance policies. Any place that has a beneficiary designation, that's like a poor man's trust. Yeah. You don't have to pay an attorney. You just make sure the beneficiaries are the people. And it's you easy. You go to the website and you, it says beneficiary. You put Boom. the information in there. Yeah, and it'll go so, to them and it goes So that avoids probate. It avoids probate, yeah. It's and what about simple. if you're married? That avoids probate? If you're joint accounts, sure. 
Oh, would, yeah. only if you have joint accounts. Only if you have joint accounts. You can actually have accounts um, payable at death wow. accounts. All right, we better go. Okay. This has been great. We didn't finish. We'll have to come back. Sam Lang, thanks a lot. It's WBZ Boston's News Radio. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.